Good morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our program live here. And uh, live second weekend of April, isn't it? Have to think a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we're glad to have you tuned. I hope you'll uh, stay with us for the whole hour. Broadcasting live from the uh, Big Bend country of Alpine to Crockett in the deep uh, piney woods, all the way from uh, Corpus Christi in Victoria to Amarillo. That is a wonderful swath of the great state of Texas. That has to cover about, that's about 95% of this state. And uh, I thank you for listening. I'd love to have a call from you. Let me begin by giving you the phone number. It's uh, toll-free anywhere you can hear me, 888-256-1080. We often get calls from uh, New Mexico and southern Oklahoma, and I'll take those. I'll do my best. It's 888-256-1080. If you can hear me, you can call me toll-free, and we are live as you hear this. If you're listening on a podcast, that doesn't apply. But uh, do give a call, please, 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones, and so his will be the first voice you'll hear. He'll want to know what the plant is that you're asking about. I do urban horticulture. I do uh, home landscapes, lawns, house plants, uh, vegetable gardens, fruit uh, gardens in the home landscape. Um, I don't get into into uh, pastures and, and field crops and things like that, and sheep and goats and, and chickens. Uh, but I do anything I can do to help you. Forty-five years now I've done this uh, with uh, commercial broadcasting about urban horticulture, and I love it. It, it was a hobby uh, when I was a teenager, and it turned into a career. Two degrees in horticulture, I was going to be the world's best grower, and I didn't do that. I went into extension horticulture, extension service, and that melded into this. And been a nice nice career and i hope it goes for another 45 years so there we are 888-256-1080 uh we need some wind in our state don't you think oh my gosh what a brutal week it's been for wind those of us who have uh, either nurseries or greenhouses i don't do that commercially but i do have pretty serious hobby plants and uh, and i work with the commercial growers and, oh, my goodness, it's just brutal to have a greenhouse and try to keep your plants watered properly or have a nursery and keep them upright so that people can come in and see them. They don't blow over and keep them watered properly. It's just tough. So uh, take good care of your plants. And, you know, that brings me to one little tip, and then we'll take our first break and, and go to uh, phone calls. I need some phone calls. Jared is... Uh, getting ready to screen the calls. We only have four lines. My request of you would be let's get the phone lines filled early in the program rather than right at the end of the program. That makes it a whole lot better for you. That way you don't get squeezed out at the end. Um, 888-256-1080. When you buy plants at the garden center today or anytime now from now on into the summertime, don't try to drive them home sticking out the back of your car or out the back of a pickup without some kind of covering. It's amazing to me how many people do that or they're moving and they have their houseplants in the back of a pickup standing straight up. Oh, my gosh. First of all, the sun will kill a houseplant when it's exposed to the sunlight in, in 20 minutes. It'll just scorch the leaves. But the highway wind, even if you're on back streets and you're in neighborhood streets, you go 20 miles an hour sustained, 
for a couple of miles, you will burn the leaves of those those plants, especially tender spring leaves. You cannot drive slowly enough to protect the leaves. You need to wrap them. You need to cover them with an old sheet and tie it securely so it can't blow off and cause an accident. Your nursery will probably help you do that. Most good nurseries will. Some of the big box stores probably don't have a clue how to do it, but the good nurseries do. Uh, Cover them. When you see landscape contractors going out on a job to plant trees and shrubs, see what they've done. They've taken pieces of old nursery fabric, shade fabric, and they cover their plants tightly, and they lay them down at a 45-degree angle and uh, then cover them and secure them so that the highway wind will not hit their leaves. They get there, and they're fresh and bright, and they look great. So that's what you need to do. All right, let's get the program underway. The phone lines are filling very quickly, and I want to not keep people waiting. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Oh, my goodness, people are happy to get a bargain. I uh, took the final delivery of fifth printing books this week to my uh, garage and to our warehouse where we store them. And uh, it is an unexpected opportunity for you. The supply chain nightmare is over. All the paper has arrived at the printer, and the book is on the presses. It uh, will finish very soon and go to the bindery. It will be there for three or four weeks as the sixth printing is being finished. The fifth printing, however, needs to be out of their warehouse and is now. I have them all in my possession, and as long as I have fifth printings, I'm trying to clear them out so I'll be able to accept the sixth printing. Sixth printing will be thirty-eight ninety-five, and that will be a bargain. But while the supplies last, the fifth printing, which has two paragraphs that were changed for the sixth printing, just two paragraphs, and you're going to save $6. It's $32.95 plus tax and postage. It is a bargain. It's a hardback with 344 pages, 840 photographs, and it's essentially exactly the same except for those two paragraphs. I sign every book as it sells, and I can get it to you very quickly. I'll be signing uh, tomorrow night and also on Monday. We'll have them in the mail on Tuesday. This book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You're not going to find it there. I signed a book for somebody the other day that they obviously had bought in a store. It was the old cowboy book book and that was last touched by me in 1990 that one is way out of date i didn't want to say anything he was buying it for his mother-in-law i signed it i hope that somehow he'll find out and buy this one this is so much more up to a quarter century more up to date you buy this one by calling my office monday through friday uh, nine to five this week monday through thursday nine to five or by going to my website. This has 11 chapters that cover all aspects of gardening. This is lawns, landscapes. Uh, It also covers uh, uh, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening for every county in the state of Texas. Like I said, it has 840 photos and 344 pages, and that high-quality paper that I had to wait five months to get, supply chain. Here are the two ways you can order it. Satisfaction, completely guaranteed, or a full refund. 74, almost 75,000 copies sold, not one request for refund. Order it by calling the office Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way is to order it right now while you're sure I have a copy for you and while you're thinking about it, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. At Mueller, they believe in value. 
Their Value Plus buildings are pre-engineered. They feature an easy-to-assemble bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant, and they come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But True Value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. True Value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision. And Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money. You get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. That's Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553, or visit them online at MuellerInc.com, because Mueller means more, more value. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly Robinson, very much. We have one line open, just one line right now. Happens to be line two. We have three, four, and one. They filled in that order. Go figure. It's 888-256-1080. We'll go to Tom in Amarillo. Tom, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Sure, it's a pleasure and it's a treat to hear you. Thank so, you. Uh, we're, we're in a uh, hot, dry climate here, but my wife would like to have some blue bonnets established in her yard. Now, now I know where they, where they live uh, and what part of the state they're in, but is it impossible to get them to establish and grow in this high area? Uh, you know, what I would suggest you do is talk to the people at Wild Seed Farms. That's, that's how you'll find them online. Wild Seed Farms, one word. Uh, Wild Seed is one word. Wild Seed Farms okay. in, in Fredericksburg. They have specialized for 30 years in blue bonnets. There are, I believe it's five species of blue bonnets native to Texas. And uh, I'm not sure which of the five would be your best bet in Amarillo. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather tell you that than, than prove it by telling you the wrong thing. So, But they will know, and they will sell you the one that is best for your area. Uh, they will also have the planting instructions, and they would have acid scarified seed if anybody will. Uh, so I would talk okay. to them. That's Wild Seed Farms and uh, in Fredericksburg, and they have a wonderful website. So that's where I would start. Okay, I'll write it down. Thank you so much for your information, sir. Tom, you are very welcome. Listen Tom. to the thank you. Listen to program every week. Thank, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, he says a harsh climate, and it was snowing in Amarillo within the last week, and that's that's different than most of you experienced in the last week. Um, I have no vested interest in wild seed farms. They don't buy any advertising from me. They, they, I just admire what they have done. Uh, John Thomas founded that company years ago um, and uh, moved it to Fredericksburg, and they have made a real business out of wildflower seeds they've done a beautiful job of it and and everybody in the horticultural industry really respects what john has done with that uh, with that that niche in the industry our uh, 
gentleman, Stan from San Angelo, did not stick around. Something happened, lost his connection or something. He had a tomato question, but I don't know what it was, so I'm not going to even try to address it. But we suddenly now have three lines open, so give a call now, if you will, please. I'd love to hear from you, need to hear from you. 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We go to Ken in Crockett. Ken, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Yes, How are you? I'm well, thanks. How can I help you? Okay. Um, I've got a place up here in uh, Crockett that, uh, as you probably know, soil sort of uh, iron, clay sort of stuff. But anyway, I first moved up here, which is 40 years ago now, um, I planted uh, onions and garlic and stuff like that. But I noticed now that over the last few years, they don't grow nearly as good, and I was wondering what uh, happened to my soil, or is it just the climate? Um, hard to tell. Uh, when are you planting your onions? Has that changed at all? No, I plant them in the fall, usually October, November, sometimes really? December. Yeah, time to yeah. T- time to plant onions from the uh, sets from the bundles would be uh, in late January for your spring harvest. Is that what? Have you ever tried that? Because that's the way you'll I've, succeed. I've done some of those now, but I, you know, the, I'm just the garlic. I usually plant from from the cloves. Yes, you would and, do that, and that would be September. Well, okay, but but the point is, they they don't do as well now as they did before, and I was wondering or something if I've depleted the soil or something like that. The point is, if you there. don't have the timing right, nothing's going to succeed. That was why I went to that first. My okay. my experience in helping gardeners is that very often when when a crop doesn't do well, it's because they weren't it wasn't planted at the right time. Uh, that would be the starting point. Uh, I don't know that onions have a have a history of depleting soil. I don't think that would be a problem. It's always a good idea to move a crop around in a garden, but I don't know. Well, that I do that. Are, I move you know from one side of the garden to the other, like a year or two between. That sort of would be fine. That's, that's all you would need to do. I don't think onions are, are they're certainly not notorious for doing that. Each time that okay. you work a garden up, you need to work organic matter into the soil. So you need to be doing that anyway. That's just customary to, to add yeah. more organic matter into it to help, a sandy, soil, to help a sandy soil hold nutrition and moisture and to help a clay soil loosen, to loosen a clay soil. So you do that anyway, okay. but. But I don't. Yeah, I, put, I don't I think that's your problem. Leaves, I put leaves in. Sometimes you use horse manure and all those things, and just it just over the years, it's just not as good as it used to be. So I just. Well, I hope you heard what I. I hope you heard my message because I don't think that's I your did. problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate you it very bet. much. Thanks for the call. You bet. Um, I. It's gotten so that in the spring garden. Let me just deal with the spring garden. It has gotten so in hearing people, there's been a lot of interest in recent years in vegetable gardening, uh, the last five years again. It kind of comes in cycles. And I have realized how many people have, and and, uh, I've lived in Texas all of my life with the exception of six or seven years that I lived in Ohio when I was getting my two degrees. Then when Lynn and I were first married, we both taught in northern Ohio. And now I came back, we came back, and have been in Texas ever since. Um, 
I have realized that a lot of people have moved into our state from the north. I don't think he has, but but a lot of people have. And I've observed them using planting dates that they brought with them in their minds from the north, and they plant things too late, vegetables too late. And they run into hot weather, and the plants don't do well. The, the vegetables don't do well. And they blame this, and they blame that. I was talking to a neighbor this morning uh, on the driveway as I came to the radio station. And it, it wasn't at all what she thought it was that caused her problem with her plants. It was, it was the planting date, and it was, an, uh, it was spider mite, something she didn't know how to detect. And um, so as a result, there's just a, a learning curve. But you, you have about, and hear me with this, this is the most important message I can give you on vegetable planting dates I spent a long time, you heard me do a, a, an ad for my book, its newest book. There is a chart in the vegetable chapter. I, I rarely refer to my book outside the ads that I do, but I'm going to describe. There's a chart that refers every crop to the, to the last killing freeze in the spring. Where I live, that last killing freeze date averages about the 22nd of March. And, and where you live, it's going to be some other date. But let's just figure that it doesn't matter what the date is. You know that a given crop like onions need to be planted eight or or ten weeks prior to the average date of last killing freeze. Um, Then you have crops like the coal crops, broccoli and cabbage and Brussels sprouts, six weeks prior to the average date. Then you have some that need to be planted at the average date. Uh, and maybe two weeks after, there's that two-week window in there. And that would be beans and corn and tomatoes and others. So you have about a two- or three-week window for every one of these crops. And if you miss that window, here's the message. That was all the wind-up. Here's the pitch. If you miss that two- or three-week window because it's rainy or because you're out of town or because you can't find the transplants or because this or that, make all the excuses you want, and you can't get them planted during that window, then move on to another crop. Don't try to force the issue and say, well, we had a lot of rain. I'm going to plant my tomatoes a month later than I should have. Maybe they'll make. Well, maybe it'll still get hot in Texas, and you're not going to get a very good crop. Maybe you should have gone with something else and bought your tomatoes that one year. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I think I'd gamble on tomatoes because they're such a popular crop, but some of the other vegetables, maybe you just say, I'm not going to dedicate as much space to those because I got them in so late or would have gotten them in so late. But you have that two or three window for every one of your vegetables, and you need to honor that window. And timing is so critical. I've learned that by listening to people tell me all their problems about all their vegetables, like the example just then. All right. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. We have one line filled now, Marilyn and Brenham, and uh, I'll help her in just a second. I'd like to see three more calls. That number is 888-256-1080. Call right now, 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter, and we're working on something really exciting to add to eGardens. It'll come in the next week or two or three, so you want to be a, a part of it. Uh, but in the meanwhile, eGardens is is really good, and it's about to become even better. 
excuse me while I make that judgment myself. It's my own product. That's a little self-serving. It has five stories. Uh, one story is always a featured plant of the week. One story is always a featured question of the week, something I've been asked repeatedly that week. One story is always gardening this weekend, things you need to get done that particular weekend. And then there will be a couple of other stories. This coming week, Diane Sitton has written a beautiful story that you will enjoy very, very much. And uh, and and so I do most of the writing for eGardens, but we do have guest writers a couple times a month, Diane Sitton and Stephen Shambly. So that's what eGardens is all about, and I think you'll find it to be very exciting and, and something that you're happy you get. It's a newsletter I've done for 18 years. We have 80,000 subscribers, and we'd love to have you if you're not already there. You can see what eGardens looks like currently by going to neilsperry.com. We always leave a, a recent issue there archived for you to enjoy at neilsperry.com. That's also where you sign up. It's on the same page. You click on the eGardens page at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens, Neil Sperry's eGardens. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Let's go back to the phone lines. Thanks for calling, folks. By the way, when you call, let it ring. If it rings, that means you've made connection and... Um, Jared said he tried and tried to get the calls answered quickly, and by the time he got the three calls answered, the third one uh, had had given up. So don't give up. He'll get there. He'll get there. Let's go to Marilyn in Brenham. Marilyn, this is Neil. Good morning. Yes. How do you get rid of nutgrass in your garden? All right. Uh, there are two products that will get rid of it. Um, it is not a true grass. I'm not trying to correct you in, in how I refer to it, Marilyn. I promise. Uh, it's a, it's a sedge, S-E-D-G-E. And, uh, so I, I usually call it nut sedge. Most people call it nut grass. So it's absolutely fine to do that. Uh, nut sedge is, um, uh, is is one of the tougher weeds to eliminate. There are two products that will eliminate it. One of them is called uh, is called Image. You need to get the original Image. There, it it was so successful that the company that bought Image uh, started adding other things to it and for other purposes, and they totally confused the issue. You just need to read the label carefully and make sure you get the one that is labeled for control of nutsedge. Uh, if you go to a really good hardware store, I'm talking about an independent local hardware store or feed store or especially a local independent nursery, they can help you and they'll, they'll know what I just said. They'll understand it. So that's image. And then the other one is sedge hammer, sedge hammer. Uh, it is, uh, it is another product that is intended to kill this. Uh, I think you're a little bit early. You'd probably want to wait another month or so to control it. It'll be even more active at that point, and you'll get better control uh, with those products a little bit later, just a little bit later in the season. Okay. Well, oh, it hurts. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I forgot an important thing. Excuse me for interrupting. I forgot one important thing. You don't want to use that around existing vegetables. You need to wait until your spring garden is finished and then go after it at that point. Okay, so don't use Roundup, right? Roundup, Roundup won't do it. it. Roundup, Roundup won't do it. Won't. Yeah. Okay. Plus, I don't think it's labeled for use in the garden either. Okay. So there's nothing I can use in the garden right now that just pull it up? 
that isn't going to get you very far. I'd, if it were mine, I would let it go for uh, four weeks. Well, you you have to wait till the garden is emptied, and uh, that's going whatever your last crops would be. You know, I I hope you're not talking about it in an okra patch where the okra is going to be there all summer because that makes it yep, harder. Yep, I got it. I've got it everywhere. I mean, right. in, I have two gardens. I only got watermelon in that one garden. You would you would you would have to. Uh, in the case of image, you need two treatments, and both of them have to fall between May 15 and September 15. That means that the first treatment has to go down by August 15 so that the second one can come no later than September 15. So that's going to make it hard for you. Uh, the sedge hammer uh, does not call for two treatments, so sometime this summer you would make that application. But you know, it is what it is. You're going to have to decide whether you want to get rid of the nuts edge or whether you want to continue on with the okra. Um, any any hot weather vegetable, uh, black-eyed peas, okra, anything that goes through the summertime, you're going to have that issue going on. Now, the other thing you could do, although it'll usually puncture, uh, but if you could use a roll-type mulch of some sort, you might be able to discourage it putting a... Uh, a roll mulch, not black plastic, but something like that. One of the, I, I don't think it's going to work. Never mind that. I'm going to take that back. It can't. I, I worked. I worked at a radio station once where they put fresh asphalt down on the parking lot, about two inches deep, and it came up through that. So, I, I take back my roll type mulch. It didn't go help. I didn't have as much last year, but this year it is just solid out there. And it's like, horrible. Okay. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Generally, when we have it, it's best to let that part of the garden lay idle for a year and, and just go after it with one of these two products. All righty. That's the best well, I have. You. It's a tough one. Good luck with it. Thanks for the call. Let me go to Joan and Brian now. Joan, this is Neil. Good Good morning. How can I help you? Hi, Neil. Uh, Hi well, um, I have an oak tree that I planted, and I think I planted it too deep eight years ago. And it's been growing. It's about three times its size now, but it's got these big lumps on it, the big balls on it. Is that going to kill it? Or Where are they? Up on the little branches. All right. And uh, if it has tripled in size in eight years, you must not have it too deep because usually a tree that is planted too deeply uh, will will stall. It just won't grow. Uh, so I'm not going to worry about that part of your commentary. Um uh, what type of oak is it? Is it a red oak or is it a live oak? Live, live oak. All right. And so these uh, balls that you have are the size of a very large marble, and are they woody? Yes. All right. That is a woody oak gall, G-A-L-L. Uh, probably, I would guess, 15% of live oaks are susceptible to that particular insect that's caused by an insect. Um, it is a, a wasp-like insect that stings those little twigs and lays her eggs in the twig tissue, and this gall forms around the, uh, around the larvae, uh, protecting the larvae. And you'll see eventually in the life cycle of the, of the insect and of the gall, you will see hole, a hole or holes that will develop in that gall. And that'll be the emergence hole of the, I guess, of the adult, uh, 
uh, wasp as it comes out and flies and starts the life cycle again. There will be a day sometime this year or a, a week where you'll see a lot of wasps around that tree. I don't know what it is about some live oaks that uh, really attract this this insect, uh, but I know that when we lived in Farmer's Branch in an urban area, uh, I have a I had a live oak and our, I bought one for our next door neighbor as a gift to say thank you for a kindness he had done, and I gave him a tree that ended up getting the uh, the galls all over it looked like Christmas tree, and uh, and he said what do I do with these wasps I said well first of all they're not going to sting you, and secondly the galls are harmless they they just are not something you want but they're not anything that's going to harm the tree in the long run. And you can't do much about them unless you're spraying at the time that the the wasps were there flying. There's no way that you, the the adult wasp doesn't eat any part of the tree, and uh, the larvae are protected by the by the the wood of the gall. And so there's really not much way to get either part of the life cycle of the uh, the, the insect. And so all you can do is, as an entomologist with Texas A&M once told me, H.A. Turney. You might as well brag about them because you can't do anything else. So, that's that's so, I've told I've told you more than I know about that insect gall. <laughs> okay, can can I have, if we're if not really backed up? Can I ask you to remind me when I put my first application down to keep the aphids off of my um, uh, crepe myrtle from making it turn black and goopy? Yeah, it's not just aphids; it's the crepe myrtle bark scale, and that application should be only one. Uh, would be of the insecticide imidacloprid, and I'll spell that in a moment. Uh, it is the most common insecticide, systemic insecticide in the world for that matter. It should be put on as a soil drench, and that should be about the, the middle week of May. Uh, it's okay. I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. You'll see it in many of the common brands when you go into a hardware store or nursery. And uh, All right. as, as a soil I, I, already, I already bought it. You told me about it last fall, but I have. I just couldn't remember where to put it on. Thank you middle, so much. Middle week of May. You bet you, Joan. Thanks for the call. All right, Daryl in Milam County, you're coming up next. However, let me get a break out of the way, folks. If you'd like to call, the number is 888-256-1080. Give us a call right now, please. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Most especially, let me tell you, it is that is a huge bargain. I have put it on that price to clear out the remaining copies of the fifth printing. All of a sudden, the books I've been hoarding since last October, I now need to eliminate. I need to get them out of my, out of my garage and out of our storage facility. And the reason I'm saying that is I was told that paper for the sixth printing was in, it wasn't in short supply, it wasn't in supply. And then about 10 days ago, I got a call. Neil, the paper has arrived. We're putting the book back on the press and presses, and, and we'll have it done sometime by mid to late April. We will get it to the bindery, and sometime by late May, we should have the sixth printing finished for you. Oh, great. So I missed all of spring. I had thought that the fifth printing would be sold out by early this year, and instead of any kind of promotion or anything else, I just hung on to the copies I had. And then all of a sudden they told me at the at the printer, uh, we need the space, need to clear them out. So I took delivery on all remaining copies of the fifth printing this past Tuesday. 
what is that, uh, three days ago, four days ago. And I have all of them. I am selling them at thirty-two ninety-five as long as the supply lasts. If you'd like a signed copy, the only difference is I put two paragraphs in referring to the uh, freeze of February 2021 in this book. Uh, the, the book was printed in, uh, when was it printed? It was printed in January, I think, of 2021, something like that. And so it is, it is just as up to date with those two, two paragraphs accepted. If you'd like a copy, I'd be happy to sign one tomorrow night or Monday. We'll have it in the mail Tuesday to you. Uh, it's uh, a book that covers all aspects of outdoor lawns, landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening, 344 pages of high-quality paper, 840 of my photographs, more than 25 multi-page charts. It's a hardback printed in Texas. It will come to you signed, and your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll give you a full refund. Almost 75,000 copies sold to date, not one request for a refund. Now, here are the ways you can get it. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. This coming week, you can buy it Monday through Thursday by calling my office during regular business hours, 9 to 5. That phone number is 800 752 Monday through Thursday. The better way is to order it right now while we know we have copies and while you're thinking about it. And do that at my website, neilsperry.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This is not the book with the cowboy boots. This is not in stores, not on Amazon. It's available primarily only from neilsperry.com or my office. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you. Let's go to Daryl in Milam County. Daryl, it's Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. How can I help? Uh, I kind of live in in Milam County on the Williamson County line. All right. I have sandy loam with clay base soil, and I'd like to plant a couple of black walnuts and a couple of hickory nut trees. Is there any drawback in doing that? I uh, don't know that there would be. I'm not sure how well hickory will do that far west. It's worth a try. Do you know hickory is, uh, do you know of it growing there? Yes, I've got one hickory tree. All right, good. I had known of no reason that you can't. But, uh, is there a downside on the black walnut? No, sir. They're, uh, they're, they're relatively slow-growing trees. Uh, they do inhibit the growth of other uh, plants around them a little bit, so I wouldn't necessarily put them where you're intending to put your your favorite flower garden right beneath them later. <laughs> but otherwise, no no problem. Okay, when should those be planted? I think the best time to plant new trees uh, is is always going to be October. That gives them the longest time to establish before summertime. This is. Uh, not the worst time, but it's getting close to it. The worst time would be planted in the summer. You're getting close to that. If you can okay, find well. a, you know what, Daryl, if you can find a source of them now and if they're in containers where they have their roots intact, this would be a fine time. Odds are you're going to have to buy them bare-rooted or, or uh, I, I don't know how you're going to find them, but if you can find them in a <laughs> container, that would be the best way. I haven't been able to find them anywhere. Yeah, I'd look online. 
Uh, you might try uh, you might try Womack Nursery and DeLeon. I don't know if they handle them, but uh, they would come as close as anybody. Womack Nursery, DeLeon, Texas. Okay, thank you, sir. You betcha. Let's go to, you know what, let me get my last break in. We have Deanna and Victoria, Eric and Crosby, and I'll try to get to both of you, and I'll, I'll make this uh, break as short as I can. My website is neilsperry.com. That's where you buy my book. Lone Star Gardening It's one of the only places you can buy that book that's not in stores and not on Amazon, neilsperry.com. It's where you sign up for the eGardens newsletter that I mentioned to you. You also see my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions there and also archived information on Rose Rosette Virus. All of that and a lot more at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and they think of durable metal roofing. But the name Mueller means a lot more. It means you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing by your warranty. It means you'll get tons of added value like roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products, like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. They are always thinking about new things they can do to be better. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 877-268-3553 or stop by one of their 33 locations. MuellerInc.com because Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let's go first to uh, Deanna in Victoria. Deanna, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Well, my canna lilies got attacked by those, I guess they're the leaf roller caterpillars yes. last yes. summer. So I've been trying to read about the trica gamma wasps, possibly. Mm-hmm. Could I maybe buy some cards of those and release them? Would they possibly attack the moths that are laying those eggs? They might, uh, and that's a possibility for you. Um, I think that may be... That may be difficult for them to, uh, the problem is that a lot of times the predatory insects like that don't stay around very long. Uh, they either okay. feed and, and run out of supply or they uh, uh, aren't there at the right time. And it's okay. an expensive way to find out. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's something you could try if you want to. Uh, systemic insecticides are perhaps a, a, a better way uh, to go about business. The... Um, uh, imidacloprid that I mentioned might be a, a better way to put that on about three weeks ahead of time. I, I okay. understand not wanting to put things into the environment. I get that. But um, if you're going to grow cannas, you probably need to have uh, some means of keeping canna leaf rollers away because they are just devastating. Yeah. Last summer was the first summer and they just munched out. <laughs> yeah. And, and when they do, there actually are a, a couple of, uh, uh, species and and one of them just makes them look like they're going through a lawnmower. The other makes it look like a machine gun. Kelly has gone across them. 
So yes, I was reading about those. Okay. Yeah, I, I would, I have I would probably use a systemic earlier. insecticide, and I'd try to time it three or four weeks ahead of when you saw them last time. Got it. All right. Thank you so much. You are welcome so much. Thanks for the call. Folks, that is all the time that I have, and I really apologize. We had one more call than I could get to. Eric and Crosby, Controlling Yellow Foxtail, you can find that online. I would use the keyword university first and then Controlling Yellow Foxtail. You will find many, many listings and and uh, good scientific data-backed research. Thank you for listening this week. Jared Taylor, thank you very much. Until next week, happy gardening.